Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Today's episode is brought to you by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition. Their brand of clinically researched products help support overall health. Do you want to burn fat, build lean muscle, improve strength, increase energy and vitality, help with pain relief? Go to www.thecowboyway.com. Register to get your personal discount code. Take the bull by the horns and use the brand that cowboys love. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, excited to speak with my guest tonight. I, I came across his social media, and he's an artist, and I just was fascinated with really the first thing I saw was the size of some of these drawings and paintings that he does. So that was the first thing that captured me, and 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 then it was just the the detail and just how awesome they are in terms of representing the the cowboy in, in Western lifestyle. So I've got Duke Beardsley on the podcast tonight. So Duke, welcome to the show. Dan, thank you for having me. Yeah. So now we were talking a little bit before we started recording and um, you live in Colorado. I do. Did you grow up there? Or? I did. Yep. I'm. Uh, we've been here a long time, my family. I'm, I'm multiple generations in at this point. So uh, yeah, born and raised here. Uh, moved around a little bit, but came back as quick as possible, and, um, and here I stay. So now, did you grow up on a ranch there? Or is your family in, uh, you know, the in ranching or farming business? Or yeah, I, I grew up, and I like to to joke a little bit about it. I call it my dual upbringing, and you could choose how to spell dual. But uh, <laughs> I grew up here in Denver, uh, very much kind of a you know urban suburban kid but we had a cattle ranch uh, about an hour southeast of town that took a big part of our time um and so i kind of grew up with a, a, a foot in both sides of the line and um and, and it, i think that's a big part of what how my my work my art is is influenced is kind of that that modern urban influence and then rural ranching influence so um kind of grew up in both worlds that's, that's cool. So, so you, did your folks like work in town too? And it was the ranch like a secondary uh, operation or did you just live in town and operated the ranch outside of town? Uh, I mean, a little bit of both. That's kind of, an, in my family, at least that's an old model where, uh, you know, my great grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, my uncle, everybody had a, a job in town and then a ranch on the edge of town. And that goes back to, you know, the beginnings of my family here in Colorado. So it was just real common for us to have that, that kind of uh, duality, that kind of uh, coexistence. So the ranch was definitely uh, not everybody's day job, but as you know, from ranching all over, it's, it's what you do. Yeah. It's kind of who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then you grew up in the city. You, you, you had that you know, aspect of your life and then also on the ranch. So did you ride, you guys ride horses? Did you work cattle horseback or, you know, how, how'd you yeah, guys, yeah. and what did you raise too, by the way? We raised uh, registered Simmentals, just a little herd. It was, a, it was a great, great little ranch. And um, we raised registered Simmental bulls for the cleanup market. Uh, we got out of that business probably officially in about, uh, well, the early nineties, I would guess. Um, 
but uh, my whole childhood into my early adulthood, it was, you know, what, what we did and, and a lot of work horseback and a lot of work, uh, you know, actually I, I should, I should check that. We, we built a roping arena when I was about 12 and that was the end of the work, but, <laughs> but uh, horses and, and horseback um, ranch work has been a part of my life as far back as I can remember. And, and as far as I know, has been a far part of my, my family's uh, lifestyle uh, long before I came along. So um, yeah, we did it all uh, just, you know, kind of a family run operation, probably pretty common or, or familiar to most of your listeners. Yeah. Very cool. So when did you, when did you know you had a talent for, for art, for drawing and, and, and painting? And... Uh, I'm still working out whether or not I think I have a talent for it, but I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, you know, I've always done it. I really have. It goes back to the very beginning. And uh, I mean, drawing particularly, it's just kind of how I started working out the world for myself, even as a really, really little boy. But um, and then, of course, with the ranch and that whole lifestyle being such a big part of our world, this has been a subject I've I've been drawn to from the very beginning. I mean, there's there's drawings back when I was three, four five years old that are very much uh, influenced by what I saw on the ranch. And and so, uh, you know, I've been doing it a long time. I, I got the confidence to kind of go for it as a career, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, after attending art school in California. Um, and that, you know, that really gave me a, a, the push to, to go give it a shot, but, uh, it's something that's been with me from the very beginning. Yeah. So where'd you go to school in, in Cali at? I went to a school called the art center college of design in Pasadena, California. Um, it's an, an outstanding design school. It's actually a commercial design school, um, that has always had a really great figurative drawing and painting department called the illustration department. And that's what I, I studied in, uh, actually, there's quite a lot of people in the Western art genre over the years who've gone through Art Center. It's really considered one of the one of the best places you can hope to go to. So I got lucky; they let me in, and um, kind of thought I'd been working in the entertainment industry. But um, you know, I had to come see about a girl, and then uh, <laughs> and actually, coincidentally, when I was home for the first summer after art school, a, a great friend out in Nebraska who we've been buying horses from for years said, "Hey, why don't you come out to a branding and um, bring your cameras?" And I did, and everything just kind of you know, fell on me. It was great fun. Yeah. So I noticed that you do photography as well. Um, and, and now do you, do you use your photography to, to, you know, as subjects for your paintings or drawings or, or do you, I, I, and looking at some of your, some of your art, it's, I mean, it's super cool. Uh, some of it looks superimposed. Uh, I don't know. Can you explain you know, what, what some of those, what, how you do that and, and what the process is behind that? Sure. I, I'd like to go on record early by saying I'm a horrible photographer, by the way. <laughs> I really am. I, I've got a bunch of friends who are who are rock star professional photographers, uh, and I, I'm really bad at it despite their best efforts. But um, I do use the, the stuff I shoot, both still images and video, mm-hmm. um, as reference material. As you probably know, going out on a working ranch with a crew that's doing something and asking them to hold still while you sketch is tricky. <laughs> right. So... Uh, and and actually, I like to go be a, a part of what's going on and get involved and, and and do the work myself. It kind of it's what I love to do. It's what I grew up doing. But so that the the material I gather with cameras and sketchbooks and video, um, yeah, I bring back to the studio and I just kind of pour through it and um, and draw from the images and draw from the video footage and elaborate on sketches that I might do on location. And then 
uh, I think when you're talking about that imposing thing, what I'm trying to do unconsciously at first and now very consciously in the last handful of years mm-hmm. is bring a very decidedly modern art style uh, approach, uh, modern art styling, modern art sensibilities to a very traditional and beloved subject of you know Western art, particularly the icon of, of the working cowboy and cowgirl. So I um, try to mash these two worlds together, kind of like my upbringing. You know? um, yep. And uh, I'm I, I'm a huge fan of traditional Western art. Huge fan. I it's always been joked about that I grew up with a, a Frederick Remington Ivy in one arm and Charlie Russell in the other. <laughs> but 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 I don't want to be those guys. And this isn't their West. You know, it's a very different time. And right. So um, I'm trying to at least in some way capture the energy of today's uh, ranching West. And uh, and it's a very vibrant, thriving thing. I, you know, I hear a lot about it. it's a dying art. And cowboys are a dying breed. And I, I beg to differ. I see a lot of exciting, interesting stuff going on out there, and it's uh, it's fun to be out in the middle of it. Well, I, I agree with you, you know, and, and that's part of what this podcast is about, you know, the modern cowboy. Yeah. You know, your 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 art and, and your work really exemplifies that. I mean, it's it's just so cool. It looks so great, and I, I totally get what you're talking about, you know, just blending tradition with the new because it, it's – like I've said before, it's not 1890 anymore. I mean, sometimes we wish right. it, we wish it was, and, and, you know, but sure. uh, uh, but it's a new well, world. And if you <laughs> if you get a chance to go move cattle 25 miles, you'll feel like it's 1890. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there are some big ranches that still do it that way, and I and I'm drawn to them, and I have a lot of great friends who are ranching in the traditional vein all over. But you know, they also have an eye towards sustainability and an eye an eye towards progressive thinking and, and right. how technology can, can improve what they're doing and some really thoughtful, interesting people out there rethinking, you know, the way granddad used to do it. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Now yeah. let's talk about some of your art here. Let's the, the first thing, cause the first drawing I, I saw or the painting was that big tall. I mean, I know you've done tall ones, but uh, you're on a ladder doing this now. Is that, is that yeah. painting you're doing or. Yeah, that's a painting. So, uh, I've been working on that scale now for a handful of years. That that particular canvas, uh, I think you saw, is um, is 10 feet high by six feet wide. And I've, this is about my, I've got two of them going right now. There's probably my sixth, fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh canvas that size uh-huh. in the last handful of years. Uh, it's a total thrill and challenge to do work that size. I think what I do, I don't know if it's unique, but I certainly am proud of it, is I don't do a lot of... Um, prep work or scale work small i don't do thumbnails for those big guys i'll do sketches and that'll influence the image i choose but Mm -hmm. i actually go straight to that big canvas uh pretty much uh, bare and unprepared and just start drawing and and work it out so i spent a lot of time going up and down that ladder and and getting back far enough to make sure things are where they belong and, and proportions are right and uh i never do get it right but that's half the thrill of working that that size it's really fun yeah. So now all of the uh, like on the one I'm looking at, it's it's the most recent or no, it's not the most recent, second most recent on, on your Instagram. But uh, you're on the ladder and there's rows of cowboys, uh, yes. smaller horses, and then you're painting the, the large, uh, larger figure over it. Do you do all those yes. by hand or how how's that work? All by hand. Um, those I very unoriginally call those guys lineup riders. And so the lineups are. Uh, painted by hand the only thing i i require is that there's a uh, that they're straight for some reason if they are uneven or they or they're wavy i i turn into an angry four-year-old but <laughs> when they're I, so we put 
the grid we have, I say we have got an assistant. My assistant, Virginia, is a, a really talented artist in her own right. So we have a, a one-foot-high metric grid that we, we actually um, snap chalk lines on the canvas, like with a chalk box. And, um, gotcha. So once that's in place, that's all done by hand. And I, and I really do shudder to think how many tens of thousands of those little guys I've done in the last uh, 10 years. But um, <laughs> it's becoming kind of like that rhythm that, uh, that, I, that, I, that I play to. It's, it's like the, the drum beat that mm-hmm. I go along to. So, and then recently overlapping it or, or maybe underlapping it, depending on how it comes out with a big working figure has been a really fun challenge. And um, it kind of brings in that energy of today's West. It, I'm hoping that it not only appeals visually, but that it has a feeling to it, especially at that scale. There's a, there's an energy to it and uh, and a vibration that I think feels familiar to today's ranching uh, lifestyle. So that's the that's the effort anyway. Yeah. Now uh, another one that you that you've got on there too. You're you're painting there. There's it's a the large canvas, and you've got two uh, you know cowboys side by side, and you're painting them. They're you know they're riding straight toward you. But I'm watching yeah. you. It's a video, and you're painting so fast. I mean, is there is that a certain style, or, or they call that something? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, if I knew, I'd, I'd tell you clearly. I, that's just how I work. I do work fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the product of a short attention span, but also, um, it, I, I love the rhythm and the feeling. And so, I don't make a lot of edits. I just fly through, you know, each stage at a time let the brush do its work, you know, kind of trust my hand mm-hmm. and then step back and let, let the eye kind of critique. And, and that's, I also work in layers. So a lot of the, most of the paintings I do, regardless of how they look, they're kind of done in, in layers that you can edit. So right. after the initial drawing, I'll go in with acrylic paint and lay in those grays you're seeing in that video. And then I can go back in with a color wash and I can go back in and repaint the, that, the negative space background and put a colored outline around it. So I have a lot of chances to kind of, tweak the image as i go and that's really fun because i have a general idea where i'm heading but uh, i usually don't know where i'm going until i get there (laughs) i got you that's the uh the true artist in you well (laughs) maybe uh it wasn't going to work out much as an accountant that's for sure (laughs) now um you've got some large uh sculptures that it looks like you've done paintings on i'm looking at this one house here that there's a large horse sculpture did you i'm assuming you painted those on that that horse yeah. Yeah. Those are basically big old fiberglass uh, horse statues you can buy commercially. You know, every saddle shop in America had one out in front yeah. on the on the front walk. Uh, you don't see them quite as much as you used to, but it, when I was a kid, they were in front of every saddle shop or Western store. Right. So uh, I I got a commission to do that for a foundation here in Denver, and um, it was really fun, most importantly, but it was also pretty well received. And so now I've done a handful of those and pretty simply just putting my lineup riders on that horse. It's enough of a challenge itself. Um, occasionally we will color them and throw in some graphics uh, on top of it, let it all kind of bleed together into layers. But I, I just love the way they look. It kind of looks like an Appaloosa until you get up close and think, well, wait a minute, those are little cowboys. And kind of, I just dig doing it. And uh, they sure look nice when they pop up in someone's house. So. Yeah. It looks super cool. A, a very, yeah, symmet- they're fun to do. a very symmetrical Appaloosa. Right. Yeah, exactly. Never, I've never been on an appy with that much pulled together. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one, that one, uh, this, this property that's in that, that's not your house by chance, is it? No, I wish. Isn't that a beautiful place? Oh my gosh. That's a collector's house. 
Yeah, it's neat. And he's looking due east uh, at, uh, what is that? I think he's looking due east at one of the big ski areas in the mountains. And it's a, a beautiful place. And it was really his vision. You know, he was yeah. the one who said, I think that's going to look good in my house. And that's kind of my collector. It's, you know, my, that's a description of my collectors. They they see what I'm doing and they can vision it, envision it in their world. And I just, you know, I just get to go. They open the gate. I get to run through. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. And and you can really see in your work, like you said, it's you can see traditional in it, but you can also see modern in 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 all of it to a certain degree. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. You know, people ask me about my influences all the time, and for sure, I've got the Western art influences too many to name. But I've also got a lot of kind of uh, modern art and postmodern and pop art influences, and some are probably pretty pretty clearly uh, visible but there's some that are pretty subtle and those guys move me every bit as much if not more than than the traditional western influences so it's it's been a lot of fun uh, and a great challenge you know making a living as an artist like we were talking earlier it's not really what you do it's kind of who you are right and uh it, it you got to be unbelievably grateful i think to be able to make a living in this day and age doing this and so i try to be really open to you know what what my collector's energy is going to bring to the experience. It's, it's a great challenge for me. Yeah. Ballpark. What are some of your pieces go for? Or do you discuss, do you even uh, want to tell us that over on? No, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to discuss it. We, you know, to be, I don't mean to be flippant, but we started a hundred bucks and go up. And uh, right. the biggest pieces these days are rounding up near 50 grand. And um, if, if I, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, if, if I ever thought that was something I'd even be close to approaching, I would have, I would laugh you out of the room. It still freaks me out. Uh, and, and I do try very conscious about my pricing and for that price, you're going to get a really big painting. And but to be fair, a lot of my peers at the same price point aren't, aren't filling, you know, putting you on a 10 or 12 foot canvas. So, uh, I take the pricing very seriously and appreciate, uh, all considerations, but we really do start about a hundred bucks with handmade original signed work and right. go from there. Right. Now, you know, today's collector at a hundred bucks is hopefully, you know, next year's collector a little higher up. So uh, right. it's a fun challenge. Um, I'm starting to have really serious experienced collectors, which is a thrill for me because I don't know anything about any of this. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a good education from some very experienced people. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at FSRCattleCompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222. And let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. So in, in terms of influences, you, you said, you know, of course you had the traditional Western artist influence you. Who, who, who else that's maybe not in the Western genre would you say is a big influence on you? Well, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's in the Western genre. I'd have to it'd be remiss if I didn't mention Maynard Dixon. And I mentioned him specifically because he was arguably the first modern Western painter, or certainly one of them. Um, and uh, But a huge influence for the abstract expressionists. Um, so the great colorist Mark Rothko, um, Franz Klein, the abstract expressionist, black and white painter, um, even Pollock to some degree, Jackson Pollock. So I, that you know the idea uh, that they embraced, uh, I I think uh, really well that the act of the painting is really enough of it uh, is, is, is as important at least as the result. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, there's a California painter. Uh, he's no longer alive. Named Richard, Richard Diebenkorn was almost an abstract expressionist. I mean, he really was, but he's later than the, than the original movement. So I, you know, I kind of hoard influences. Um, there's some young urban art kids here in Denver these days that are cranking out some amazing stuff. So it's mm-hmm. always fun to go down and cruise the, the back alleys downtown and see what they're doing. Um, so, I, yeah, I just kind of I never stop looking for influences. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you because I asked you that question about who are other influences and, and you rattle off all those names. And I don't know any of them, but. Uh, you know, this pod, this podcast is also about education, so it, it's great to just hear that, and now we can go look them up and, and see who they are and, and uh, there you go. Ex- expand our, our minds as well out here. Well, I like it. I like it. There's, a, there's one guy in particular. His name was, uh, was uh, Fritz Shoulder. He was a, a Native American uh, or part Native American painter in New Mexico and Arizona mm-hmm. back in the 60s and 70s, and he really he really blows my doors back. But like some of the other influences I have, you got to be careful. Like Maynard Dixon is so good. Fritz Shoulder was so good. Richard Diebenkorn is so good. If you're not careful, you, they'll swamp your boat. You'll become derivative. And so I have these big slogans written all around my studio to remember to be myself uh, right. because uh, the last thing you want to be is the next somebody else. I want to be the first me. Right. And I, I saw that, that one uh, uh, painting you, you, or the drawing here painting it that says, and so I said to myself, I said, self, next, is that kind of reference that a little bit too, or, or? A little bit. Yeah. I, I've got a big quote on the wall in the studio that says, if I could paint like Maynard Dixon, I wouldn't. And <laughs> right. that is by, that is by no means a diss on Maynard Dixon. It really is a reminder to me, you know, you got one shot at this to be you and uh and you want to bring your sensibility and your thinking and your energy to this and being influenced is great being derivative is is kind of a shame yeah and i just i just realized and again i'm i'm i'm, I'm fascinated by your work i think it's absolutely uh, amazing but i realized oh, this, i realized this is painted on um a phone book is that true <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh there i do a lot of collage actually what what i'm not sure which one you're looking at but more often than not, what I've done is t- torn up old pulp western novels. Like Louis L'Amour is my favorite. We just literally tear them apart and glue the pages down on a board or a canvas, and then okay. go to work over the top. I kind of initially just liked the graphic, you know, vibration and patterning of these pages, but now, you know, I'm getting commissions to tear apart specific books that mean something to the collector or the client. Uh, there are others, you know, other ones that I've chosen for me, and so it's been really fun, you know. So much of our cultural understanding or what we think we know about the cowboy and the cowboy lifestyle comes from pop culture. And so it's fun to kind of put that back down and, and use it as a platform for my own expression about uh, what this may or may not mean. Right. You know, and, and again, uh, I'm, as I'm going through your, your feed here, this one, um, I, I'm, I know I'm going to mess the name up because I think it might be part French or something, but the, uh, is it Derb? 
Blue Reiter or something like that. It's yeah, they're Blau Reiter. Yeah, they, they, oh, that's, that's a good. Yeah, now that that's a that's kind of a tongue in cheek. So it's a blue. That means the Blue Rider in German. Oh, in German. Okay. And, and that's this kid Tex who works for worked for a friend of mine on a ranch. I painted that painting. I guess probably back in 2007 or eight. But that's that's Tex. I mean, that was a, after a day of riding with those guys. But the the, the Blau Rider School was a, was an art movement in Germany uh, back in the first part of the 20th century. So it's kind of a it's kind of a tip of a hat to uh, two worlds with a title. Yeah, dude, that, that is, that is such a cool picture, man. I mean, it's just, it's so, uh, just so ranchy in, in, in uh, just so cowboy, but at the same time, the, just with that color and the way it is and all the shadows yeah. and everything, it's just like, it's, it's awesome. That, well, awesome. I appreciate it. That, that's one of those ones that uh, I really appreciate, appreciate hearing that because that's one of those paintings. And I, and I have this happen a lot. Where especially from the western side, you know, it's I gotta I gotta ask my my viewers to kind of cross the line. Either you're coming from the contemporary art side and you're looking at western art for the first time, or you're coming from western art and maybe looking at contemporary art for the first time. But I get a lot more pushback from the hardcore traditionalists on the western side who they get to these paintings, and I love that term ranchy, and they'll say, "Man." That's sure put together right, man. That horse is standing right. You got your tack right. Why the hell did you paint it blue? <laughs> 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 and I get the biggest kick out of that. Like, well, it, it kind of had to be blue. And they they look at me like I've, I've lost a few marbles. But it really is. Uh, it's kind of what I'm trying to do is smash these two worlds together for myself and see what what shakes out. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, I think it just, I think it works beautifully. And you know, I've, I, I I'm with you. Uh, you know, um, I love tradition, but I also I also love the new world, and I love uh, you know technology and, and advancement. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I always talk about this too. You know, cowboys back in the in in the late eighteen hundreds, them boys they loved to go to town. They loved to get the new stuff that was out. You know, they they didn't they they didn't want everything old. <laughs> you know, all the time either. No. You know what I mean, yeah, absolutely no. My grandfather was 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 pretty punchy. I mean, he was a he was a classy guy. But he did a lot of cowboying, and uh, you know he wore a Brooks Brothers suit uh, yeah. to work every day with his boots and his hat, and you know he looked pretty slick, pretty Cosmo. But he he was you know he was ranching as a young man on his own on a big old lease spread through the Great Depression. I mean he was a tough tough cookie. So I I just kind of get a kick out of uh, you know to most of the cowboy. And, and to be clear, the the horseback ranch work is really central to what I do. I still love to be horseback. I'm a horseback as much as I can be. Right. I have these great connections with these big ranches. We do a, a lot of a lot of long distance riding and uh, moving cattle, and it's great fun. And it very much influences what I what I'm drawing and painting. But um, you know, like we've been saying this whole this whole time, today's uh, cowboys and cowgirls are you know of today, and it's yeah. a, I think it's an exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very cool. And, you know, and, and again, it's the, the, like you said, uh, there's a lot of big ranches. A lot of guys still do a lot of stuff the old way. There's, there's some guys yeah. that, around here that uh, one of the things I always say is, you know, if, if, are, are you the last cowboy that, you know, doesn't have an iPhone and ropes one tie, <laughs> ropes one tied on and jumps off, take a picture of it, you know, and, and there's some guys around here that they, <laughs> they still definitely got flip phones and, and, you know, they're, sure. they're, they're, uh, you know, way uh, in, in the high desert, uh, you know, the cattle and stuff but for the most part Absolutely. everybody's everybody's pretty much gotta adapt the oh, advent of the sure. iphone and everything but um 
anyway. I've done a few pieces with Cowboys on the phone, and uh, it's always kind of funny to see how that's received. Um, I've got a piece brewing in my head and in my sketchbook right now of a friend of mine on his horse with his grandson in his lap, and he's also got his phone in his hand, and I was going to call it multitasking. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's the real it's the real deal. Some of these guys, I mean, some of these guys are hardcore cowboys. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you want them in your you want them in your trench in a, in a, in a, in a firefight, but yeah. they're on their phones like my teenage daughters. I right, mean, guys, right. Yeah, I know. If, you, if you got a seven hour jog back to headquarters on horseback, you might as well be on your phone. Yeah, you know, that's assuming <laughs> you've got service. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm looking at another another one of your pieces of work here, and I'm. Uh, and again, this I'm thinking this may be Spanish. I don't know. Uh, pirata is that what that is? P I R A T A. Yeah, pirata pirate. Yeah. Oh, that's pirate. Okay. Yeah. This, this is another one, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, that is an awesome. In in just an awesome. That just looks like such a, a classic, you know, cow horse. Just a cowboy horse. Right. Saddle. Yeah. Good grab. I mean that that horse's name is Pirate, and uh, that's why it's called Pirata. And uh, and 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 that's you know I'm drawn to that I've you know I'm, I've been raised uh, to to look at horses with that with that eye of of what makes a good cow horse and certainly um, appreciate horses that are fun to ride when you're moving cattle but uh, I'm still so drawn to that relationship between horse and rider to do yeah. a job and I'm starting to kind of spread that out into different disciplines I've got a lot of equestrian friends who do a lot of different things besides cowboying but. Um, I just love that relationship and, and the subtleties, the communication subtleties between a rider and a horse and weight shifts and, and just the way you interact silently with a, with a horse. I, I, I'm never going to be tired of going after that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and what else I, I love about this, this piece of work too is, uh, you know, um, is the cowboy himself and then the shape of his hat, you know, the way his hat shape just like stands out and grabs me. Well, right on. You know, if you if you get out enough, you see all shapes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. So, I hey, well, it. yeah. Um, so, do you have a a favorite hat brand that you wear, or a maker, or anybody? Um, I don't. I I give, I've been playing around looking at makers. I've I've been wearing. Uh, I almost wear a straw hat all year long. So I wear a lot of sunbodies. I like that that palm mm-hmm. uh, palm leaf straw. Um, and then uh, I've been wearing a lot of American Hat Company lately. Their felt seem to to work well for me. Um, and uh, I kind of go through hats pretty fast. Uh, I'm hard on them, and um, so it's always nice to have several, uh, whichever one's cleanest. But uh, those are the two brands I've been wearing the most. Very cool. How about boots? You got a favorite uh, boot maker or brand? You know, uh, same thing. I'm hard on boots too. I've I've, I've been uh, pretty happy with the guys over at Drews in Oregon. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have the um, they've got a bunch of stuff right off the rack that works well for me. I prefer a tall stovepipe like a buckaroo style boot, and mm-hmm. um, and they've always got some things that right off the rack they can throw in a box if you're in a pinch, or you can get them to custom make you a pair. I've got a pair being made now. Um, so they've been good to me lately. I used to wear a lot of Aleta, but they you know that changed hands so many times. Um, I don't get I don't get that brand quite as much as I used to. Right, right. Yeah, they're actually they're actually made by uh, uh, Anderson Bean owns them now, Olathe. And I, I use. I well, used there to, you go. Maybe maybe it's worth going back. I don't know. Yeah, I used to I used to get a lot of them uh, when they were in Kansas, and I used to order them yes. back, in, back in the day. And um, actually now exactly. I, I was just at the factory not that long ago, and and um, I'm actually going to get get another pair of them. They're they're uh, 
They're super cool boots too, though. Yeah, love it. Yeah, they're great boots. And I'll always stick with Drews too. But I, I'm a, I was a big early fan in my teenage years of Drews. So yeah. I mean, of Olathe. So yeah, yeah. I I just I geek out. I start geeking out over boots and hats and everything. You know, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. How, how about how about cowboy movies? You got a favorite uh, cowboy movie or? Um, I got a bunch of favorite cowboy movies. I mean, John Wayne and the Cowboys, you know, oh, yeah. I'm a little kid. Yeah. My favorite part of that is that little guy's Clay O'Brien Cooper. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Um, that's a killer. But, you know, the, some of the modern ones are really, really good. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the three burials of Macchiatus Estrada. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yep. I loved that. Um, I like watching Tommy Lee Jones horseback in pretty much any movie. So, um, I think he's he's really skilled the way he moves horses across a, a camera. But uh, um, I don't know. Those two are just popping out of the moment. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, we're we're getting kind of close to the end of our time. Okay, so what's the best way for people to follow? You have a website too? I do. Yeah. DukeBeardsleyStudio.com is my website. Okay. Uh, uh, on social media, I think I'm most, most active on uh, Instagram. Okay. It usually direct links over to um, my studio page on Facebook too, but uh, Instagram gets most of my uploads. And okay. um, yeah, and uh, that that seems to be working for now. People seem to be able to find me through those two those two venues the, the easiest. Now, um, on are your uh, paintings uh, um, limited editions, or you know, do you do you reproduce any of them, like like that uh, uh, the, the 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 blue horse. Uh, like that one is that uh, available still? Or no, no, I no, no. That's in a private collection, uh, oh, it and is. I don't do any. I don't do any commercial reproductions of of my paintings. Okay, I, I do do original limited edition print work, uh, silk screens and uh, block prints and etchings, uh, but they're all hand done. They're all hand ink. They're all hand produced. Okay. Uh, so as of now, I'm not doing any commercial reproduction. It's just not interesting to me at the moment. Gotcha. So if someone wanted yeah. to commission you to do a, a painting, you say they start at about a hundred. What size are we looking at for that? Just to give us give us an idea. Uh, the hundred dollar things are pretty little. We've been doing these tile paintings. We're calling them pedazos, which means mm -hmm. pieces in Spanish. Taking little wood tiles uh, and putting those little lineup riders in single form on those, and then putting them together in little groups. Gotcha. So you can get, you know, a couple of those glued together on a block starting, you know, down at a hundred bucks. Uh, and they're, they're little, they're like three by five inches. Gotcha. Um, but you know, you put a few of them together and you've got a nice little, a nice little piece. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's probably the most, um, the easiest description of the entry point. Okay. And then, um, yeah, very cool. Cause I'm, I'm interested. I'd be interested in, in, in having something done. If I had like a, a, a picture nice. that I, you know, wanted to do, you, you can, you can work off those. Right. And I do do that sometimes. I usually, I usually like to use my own reference material, but if you've got something, uh, I've been asked to do a couple of people's horses. Uh, and as long as they're understanding that, that I, the way I work is to really capture more of a feeling than a really hard likeness. It seems right. to be going well. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, what a what a client or a collector brings to the experience is, is as valuable to me as anything. So I'm, I try to be open minded. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool, Duke. Well, hey, I I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on and and giving us a a uh, an art lesson. And all I can say is uh, to all the listeners is head over to to Duke's Instagram and, and check out his work because it's uh, truly fascinating and uh, I think it just truly captures the essence of uh you know the uh 
the modern cowboy with the with all the infusion of tradition uh as well so very cool right on thanks dan i sure appreciate it it's been fun yeah really really enjoyed it and then uh i'm gonna have to have to talk to you about uh possibly getting a uh getting something done i love it when you're ready i'm ready awesome all right duke well hey thanks again and we'll talk thank soon. thank you dan you bet Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five-spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the roping pen We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my old stick Although we're all the same minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play speed But I give her hell, he never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the roping pen Someday I just might be We'll turn another pair of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And 
hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down.